Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 15th day of December. We're right there at the middle of the final month of the year. The snowball is rolling downhill, isn't it? We're getting closer and closer to the holiday of Christmas. We're going to turn the calendar on the New Year's. I'm praying grace and favor in you. You're at the midweek point of this week. Let's together learn something from the Word today that will inspire and excite and feed our souls, shall we? We can do a lot of that from a lot of places in the Bible, but we've been focused on Abraham, and man, is there a lot to learn from the Abrahamic journey. We're in the 16th chapter. In the last couple of days, we've talked about coming down from the mountain of Revelation. You've got to go back into reality. We've talked about the Egyptian handmaid Hagar and possibly her origins, which are most likely where Abram goes down into Egypt and the, the problems that ensue there. As I was peeking ahead, reading ahead the next few verses, I try to come up with this thought as I go into each podcast. Is like, if you're going to take six or eight minutes and you're going to use this verse, what's a little thing you'd like to have done today? Where do you want to land? What would you hope your audience can take away? And I think the thing that really stood out the most to me is the confusion of Sarah. Sarah did not, she wasn't there. By all accounts, she's not a recipient of what God says to Abraham firsthand. She's possibly a recipient secondhand. I mean, we got to assume that Abraham goes home and says, here's what God told me to do. But there is almost this feeling when you see how confused Sarah is. There's this, I get this impression that it's possible that Abraham left the house of his father, Ur, to go into a land he didn't know. And maybe he just tells his wife, here's what we're doing. It's just time to move. We're going to go look for more opportunity. And maybe that's what she thinks when they go down into Egypt. We're just chasing opportunity. There's no food where we came from. So we're going to go down here into Egypt. Um, the whole war scenario where he spares Lot, that could just be considered what you do for family. Even this encounter he just had with God in which he's put to sleep and God passes between the pieces, Sarah's nowhere to be found. So it's not as if God shares this covenant with Abraham and Sarah. And you might say that, I don't want to read too much into that because it would be speculation, but I've always kind of felt like it's that way because faith is an individual choice. However, in this regard, Sarah hasn't had any choice. She's just went wherever Abraham told her to go. And so the analogy doesn't work perfectly, but maybe her in the interjection of her and her words, because we haven't heard from her until now, that interjection into the story is not just to introduce us to Hagar or introduce us to Ishmael. I think it's to introduce us to the confusion that abounds in the heart of Sarah. And at risk of saying more than is written but and just inferring, and I'm just warning you up front, I'm doing that, I'm going to make an inference here that possibly Abraham hasn't done a very good job of relaying the covenant to his wife because she doesn't seem to have any idea she knows that Abraham wants to have kids, and that's part of her culture. That's exactly what she expects as well. But 
I don't feel like she's had any sort of spiritual revelation where this is all supposed to land. And so Sarah goes about really as one of the first examples that I can see in the Bible of mixing the covenants. She has a husband who has been given a covenant independent of his works, and she immediately goes to work to try to make it happen. The end result of those kind of actions is chaos and confusion that never really ends. It takes Christ to reverse that kind of curse. Let me give you an example. Sarah is Abram's wife, verse 3. She takes Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So they've been there 10 years. That's eight, he's now 85. She gives him Hagar, the servant girl, and to be his wife. So Abram takes on another wife. And where does he get this idea? He gets it from the people around him. This is a, what the pagans of the world of his day were doing. God didn't teach us this. In Genesis, God doesn't create Adam and Eve and another woman. And God says, okay, Adam, you got two wives. No. And when Jesus sanctions marriage in the Gospels, he says a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, not his wives. And that's because God isn't cheating on his church. You are the bride of Christ. He doesn't have a side bride. And so the fact that Abram now adds a woman into the list of, Wife becomes wives, and we could say, well, Sarah made him do it. We can stop that. You know, make him do anything. She made him do anything up to this point. Um, so the decision that he makes, he didn't hear from God on this. So I, I, I say this. We don't blame Sarah here. Abram is complicit. It's not as if Abram doesn't know what's happening or that, he, or that Abram can't say no. I think Abram falls into the same trap, which is, well, it doesn't really matter how I get the kids. I just got to have the kids. God said I would have them. And so maybe it doesn't really matter how. But you, this is my point for the day. We don't go outside of covenant to receive the promises of God. The promises of God are in Christ. They're not in our effort. They're not in our strength. They're in Christ. That's where we find them. That's, there's shadows of this in this story. Because Abraham and Sarah feel like maybe by going at this with personal effort, they can land where they need to land. It won't work. The confusion that goes into this decision is magnified on the other side of the pregnancy where Sarah is going to be very confused by the, in, by the child that is born to Hagar. I, 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 I don't want to just tack that on here at the end of the podcast. I want to talk all about it because there is a chaos and a confusion that comes with the mixing of covenants that is so relevant for how we're going to live our lives by faith that it needs its own few minutes and that's what we'll do tomorrow. So I hope you have a great day. Spend some time with this story in Genesis 16 and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless.